Hi everyone, this is Mark, and this is episode 11 of Mark the Poet, and uh, today I want to talk about space, the final frontier. Um, Yeah, and I want to talk about um, my fascination with all things space, all things to do with the cosmos, uh, why, um, what uh, uh, shows like Star Trek and uh, movies like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Interstellar and Gravity and uh, all the other um, space-based um, movies and entertainment um, that we have been blessed to enjoy um, for years now. Um, but yeah, so after this message, we're going to be talking about space. So today uh, we're going to be talking about space and uh, as you can uh, probably guess um, space has been a topic um, and a place of interest for me um, for a long time um, since I was a child and uh, I was uh, first introduced to science fiction movies um, Star Wars and uh, um, Blade Runner, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Flash Gordon, um, Star Trek, of course, um, and of course there was Doctor Who as well, um, and uh, many other um, science fiction films um, that I uh, that I watched when I was younger and uh, a lot of the TV shows cartoons movies that I watched were based around space adventures and my favorite um, of those films those TV shows um, were the Star Trek TV shows and Star Trek movies when I was growing up, of course, um, there was only the original series, um, Star Trek, the original series that came out in the 1960s, ran from 1966 to 1969 before it was cancelled. And then, of course, um, as I got a bit older, I was introduced to Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, which began in 1987 and ran until 1994. And I watched all, all of the series, every episode. I watched all of the movies. And um, as the years have gone on, as I've got older, I've followed every subsequent um, series that have been made. I've watched every episode of every Star Trek series. I believe it's seven Star Trek series they've made now. And they've made... What, what, 13 Star Trek movies? Um, and I've seen them all, as I say. My fascination with space 
um, has drawn me to other um, space-themed uh, TV shows and movies, um, which are amazing um, and great in their own right, and thought-provoking as well, which uh, every film that I seem to enjoy and watch over and over and over again seems to have that recurring theme about it. Um, it's usually um, a high concept kind of a film or a story that makes me think um, many hours, days, months, years after the fact, constantly replaying um, what I saw in front of me. But I also enjoy the space adventures, um, you know, um, space, the spaceships, the space battles, the alien species that are discovered and um, found and uh, were introduced to. And uh, yeah, I, I love the, the infinite diversity in infinite combinations, as they say in Star Trek. Um, that uh, the many TV shows that have been based uh, in the final frontier have uh, shown and the movies um, um, that have come out um, that have been amazing over the years some not as great um, but uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed all the, the space based um movies that have been released um, but uh, yeah today um, and I've studied up on you know the planets I've always been fascinated with the planets of our solar system and the planets that, that have been discovered outside of our solar system in other uh, solar systems that encircle other stars um stellar phenomenon like nebulae, quasars, um, supernovas, um, asteroids, meteorites, everything that uh, you can you can think of or anything that you might have heard of. I've um, anything that has ever been reported regarding space or potential contact with alien civilizations or um, anything to do with Mars missions um, or the missions to uh, the outer solar system the, the probes that have been launched um, and um, yeah that's why today I think I want to read um, some poems that uh, revolve around um, the subject of the day, and that is, of course, space. Okay, so I'm going to start with um, one of my most recent uh, poems that I've, I've written about space. Um, I suppose you could say, even though um, I, I write all the time, I'm constantly thinking about many different things. And space being one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, so I want to just delve into um, the poems of all of my, some, well, most of my books. Um, my books of poetry. 
because in each one of them um, I've written at least one poem about space and uh, they feature within them and the first one that I want to read to you today is called Silent Light and it uh, is in my most recent book of poetry The Rambler and uh, hope you like it The sun does not make a sound to our ears and yet it has a voice and a song that it sings every second on the same frequency that it has been broadcasting and generating for 4.6 billion years. The earth beneath our feet is constantly spinning in a perpetual state of motion. And though when we are standing still we believe earth to be stationary, it is in fact travelling through space at 67,000 miles per hour. The heart in our chest beats inaudibly, even to ourselves, and it is only when we use our sense of touch in conjunction with our own inner perception of the rhythmic beauty of our life-sustaining organ and instrument that we can understand how precious our heartbeats are and how important they are in realising how delicate, fragile and fleeting life is and why there are no gifts as amazing as that of being loved and alive. The sounds that we hear are echoes, vibrations and interactions between many individual sources all playing at once. Even those things that orbit in the vacuum of space do not do so silently. However, as when we want to hear those things that are so powerful and mean so much to all of us, sometimes we have to use our senses in the right way in order to fully hear the voices and the sounds of the silent light. And now I think... um, I'm going to read to you um, my poem, Star Stuff. And this was from, um, this was published in my book, The Eternal Boy. And it goes something like this As the stars of the dark fade, and the most important star in our lives rises, as the sky's light, slowly and silently becomes golden, beautiful, and a gorgeous masterpiece that has been newly made. There is no sound but the birds singing in their nests and flying in the sky, and an air of calm and a sense of content happiness that to the many who are awake and taking in the same moment bring joy and smiles to their faces. Our sun is like an old friend that we hear from every day. Our sun is like a guardian that wants to energize us and protect us, but also wants to run with us 
also wants us to run with it and be free under its gaze and glare to get out there and play. Our sun makes life possible everywhere on earth. Our sun welcomes every child on our planet and has done so and will continue to and be the light that every baby, boy, girl, adult of all ages races towards as they did at the moment of their birth. The sun beats within all of our hearts, a piece of our star in our soul is what intensifies our emotions. When we all feel love and longing, it is the living core of the sun connecting to us and speaking to us and making us feel like it always does. The sun is a fiery sphere that makes everything clear, that is so close and yet so far but still keeps that world blessed, warm, illuminated, and emotional. We are all a beautiful, intricate constellation, and our thoughts and memories are a galaxy of moments of light that make us who we are. Our story began not just at the moment we arrived in the world, but when the universe itself came into being and exploded spectacularly into life. And every day we all carry within us something that was there and lives on from the beginning of everything. And each one of us is made up of and are and will continue to be spark of rebirth and the stuff of stars. And now I want to read you my poem Beautiful Extremes. There is more happening in every nanosecond in the universe than we could ever conceive in a lifetime of imagining. There is life emerging, evolving, taking their first steps, communicating, aspiring, inventing and understanding brand new concepts, leaving the atmosphere of their planet, seeking, meeting, interacting, inspiring, believing, knowing that they are not the only intelligent life in their galaxy. On our planet, orbiting around a star, existing with a purpose, dreaming about other beings of life and light who are as inconceivable to us because we are in the dark about them and who they are as they are about us. However, no matter how different we are from each other, and no matter how we choose to express ourselves in our own individual ways, 
one thing unites everyone and everything in the universe. And to all but who will be there at the end of all things. And who will see the last few seconds before everything starts again. The knowledge of what it is that binds us all will for now and most likely for a few eons to come remain a tantalizing, compelling, inspiring, driving, enlightening, fascinating, exciting mystery. The nature of planet Earth teaches us that life will find a way to exist and thrive in great extremes of environment, even in a vacuum, even in a toxic soup, even somewhere where the temperature is so low and so past absolute zero that most things would die, and even somewhere where a living thing would spontaneously combust because the temperature is beyond that of the hottest fire. Why things work out for some, but not for others, is a constant cosmic question that does not have a simple definitive answer, because everything revolves around circumstance and timing, and everything finding its match. However, the meaning of life can be found when you find the balance between you, between what you have and what you desire. Believing in what we cannot see, imagining what is impossible to imagine, witnessing and remembering the light of what has been, reading and interpreting the world and its moments and years like epic words and verses of poetry, finding infinite connection, experiencing perfection, holding in your hands, imagining in your mind, feeling in your soul and in your heart that which is made in a place and at a time is a miracle of beautiful extremes. And the last poem that I want to read to you today, um, which is from my book, The Dreamer and the Dream, which the previous poem is from also, is called Sputnik. It's six o'clock at night, on a cool spring evening, and I am looking out my window to the sky at a beautiful gold and blue light watching the sun setting, and the sight of it takes my breath away, and within seconds I watch the sky go from red to grey, as all that I see becomes draped in the dark veil of twilight. I watch the stars appear, I see the planets rise, I see display of the constellations, and I name them one by one as I imagine them, and then, when I see the constellation of Orion, I am awestruck by how wonderfully its stars shine so clear 
and my entire vision is that of an infinite number of stars in my eyes. I spent my day taking in nature, listening to the world around me, being captivated by birdsong and watching the building of bird nests in the branches of the trees above and in the hedges of the ground below. I spent my day believing that I knew all in life that I could ever need to know. Right this second, I feel like a satellite. Right at this moment, I feel like I am alone in space. And no one even knows I am here. Because I am just a faint, moving white dot in the dark sky. Right now, I feel so far away. Like a distant, flickering candle in the window of a cottage atop a hill. And barely noticeable like a star of the night. Now, I look down and around at everyone else on earth, and I see what I can of their lives. I see true happiness, and I wonder what that feels like. I look up at the moon, I gaze up at the stars, I see the heavens, place from where we all came from, and I dream that I may return there soon. I imagine that I can reach up and touch the sky, because in the dark, the void of space does not seem that far. Every human being has looked above on a starlit night and wondered, are we alone in the universe? And, is anybody else out there? I've asked myself that very question, and I know the definitive answer. And I speak that answer aloud every night. Everybody sometimes goes into their own hibernation mode, in which they appear to leave their worries in another place somewhere. I've always found it difficult to remove myself from the world and not think about what is always on my mind. Some days I wish I could be a living, breathing astronaut floating in space or a part of Earth circling the planet like the first satellite, Sputnik. And there we are. And, uh, yeah, I guess the only thing left to say is that, uh, what I've already said, but it's all something that is worth saying, is always worth saying twice, I think. And that is that, um, I do believe that we came from the stars, and that one day we will all return to it. I know with all my heart that we are not alone in this universe, that our planet is one of thousands, millions, billions in this universe, and of course there could be multiple 
galaxies and universes and there could be multiple alien races that we don't know who could be similar to us different from us in ways that we can't imagine biologically artificially and the question of whether we will ever meet another member of a another race of cosmic beings I do think is always one that should be asked and the answer I believe is perhaps we already have because when you think about it when you look back at history and the things that civilizations created pondered about made, built, constructed. I think there is evidence, perhaps even even if it's just superficially, that at some point in our history, in the history of the human race, we were visited by something, someone else, and that uh, highly probable that we've already been contacted and that's why I think that uh, people say they, they claim that it's improbable and impossible that there is any other human life out there and if there is then the possibility is that they've died out already I can't say that I believe that is the case for everybody and I can't say that that is going to be the case with us because I have faith in the human race. I know that no matter what we will survive what we're going through now and I've not given up on the hope that I've felt since I was a child that we will continue to reach out into space reach out towards the stars and in centuries to come we'll be living on other planets in space we'll be traveling to other stars we'll be meeting other alien races but that it might not be as um, easy as uh, it has been dramatised on TV or in movies such as Star Trek or Star Wars but I think one thing that science fiction has done is that through its depictions of space flight and the potential of the human spirit and their inventiveness shows like that and movies like Star Wars all types of science fiction inspire science fact and receptively science inspires science fiction and it is an ongoing cycle and I think it's absolutely amazing what we've done, what we've achieved, what we've made real that was once only 
dramatised in Star Trek. Technology has improved and moved on. And I just hope that where we're going is a destination that we're all going to arrive at together. Just as uh, it's been prophesized and um, written about in such hopeful and optimistic utopian visions of the future such as Star Trek and as Mr. Spock in Star Trek would say live long and prosper As Robert Browning once said, if our reach does not exceed our grasp, then what is heaven for? Thank you for listening.